Hey there, what's up, Warriors? It is Jeff from WarriorLife.com, and welcome to podcast episode number 334. Now, the recent, what's being referred to as the siege on the U.S. Capitol, has revealed a new pinnacle in the growing dark days of a divided America. And I personally think that we're only at the beginning. Now, no matter where you stand on the current crisis, or even what you consider the crisis to be, there are some valuable lessons to be learned by all of us who consider ourselves protectors. But I wonder if you're looking at the right signals in order to take the next steps to what's coming in the near future. Now, this week I'm going to share with you some of the red flags that I've been taking notice of and break out my crystal ball once again to share what I see in our near future as well as what I'm doing to keep my family safe and protected. It's all coming right up, but hey, don't worry about taking notes because we've done all the heavy lifting for you with this week's free show notes, including our handy-dandy one-page cheat sheet covering all the main points. All you have to do is head on over to www.warriorlifepodcast.com slash 334 and download it all absolutely free. And now, let's talk tactics. Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. Welcome to the show that helps you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is the Warrior Life Podcast. Hey there, welcome back, Warriors. It is Jeff Anderson, Executive Director of WarriorLeft.com, and as I release this podcast, there are up to about 25,000 National Guard troops that have been activated to protect the nations and some state capitals from ongoing protests and potential civil unrest, according to the National Guard's website. And it's all in response to the January 6th storming of the U.S. Capitol building by protesters. Now, I'm going to start this whole thing off by saying, once again, that this is not a political podcast. And I don't care which side of the argument that you personally stand on. I've said it multiple times on our show and in our other material that survival, self-reliance, self-protection is a human right. And it's a personal decision that you make for you and your family. Our job at Warrior Life is simply to help provide you with the tools, tactics, and the training to help you keep you and your family safe. So, once again, not a political podcast. But, most importantly, is that with our mission, I'm going to give you the exact steps that I'm personally doing to prepare myself and my family for the times that we're in. And those steps come from my own personal observations about the threats that we may face. Now, that's largely what this week's show is about. What I'm seeing, like you are in the news, and even more importantly, what's not in the news, and what I'm doing about it. So, first let me start off by making one exception to this rule that I just gave you, because I have a personal opinion about what I think serves as the start of these valuable lessons to everybody out there, no matter which side that you're on. I'm sure, knowing me, I'm, I'm going to go off on a little bit of a tiny rant here and there, an emotional rant, but again, it's for everyone's purpose, and you don't have to agree with me. And this is not political. This is really about what's happening right now within America, but what you do about it, all right? So I'm going to start this off with one single statement about a personal observation that I will also back up, and that is that those who stormed the nation's capital on January 6th are freaking idiots. And I'm going to tell you why. And I'm guessing that none of them are in our listener group here because I've always said that while I believe in standing up for what you believe in, it's what I took an oath in, in defending our democracy as a veteran, as a soldier, that all it takes is one single knucklehead 
looking for his 15 minutes of fame or her 15 minutes of fame to turn a so-called peaceful protest with a message into an all-out riot. But just in case there are any of you listening out right there right now, while you thought you were doing a display of patriotism, here's what you really achieved. One, your financial future is screwed. You've been photographed, videoed, labeled as a domestic terrorist. You're going to pay tens of thousands of dollars of your savings, if you have any savings left, trying to plead your case in courts for the next few years. All without your job to help pay for it because your employer, any employer, doesn't want to be connected with you in any way. Next, while the rest of your friends and family are celebrating birthdays, attending their kids' weddings, tipping a few beers, and watching football on the weekends, you may very well be trying to avoid getting your mashed potatoes stolen by the bruiser in cell block C. So congratulations. Here's another thing. To all of you waving your Second Amendment flags high in the air at these protests, surprise, when you're convicted of a felony, you can kiss all of your guns goodbye because you're not going to be legally allowed to even own them anymore. You can't even vote in upcoming elections to enact real change because you no longer have the right to vote. And here's what you've done for the rest of us who didn't go to the rally, who didn't, who didn't storm the Capitol. You have almost guaranteed a wave of anti-gun legislation in the coming years. With your parading around in your body armor and AR-15s and other, I'm going to put these in air quotes here, assault weapons, because that's how they're going to be labeled in the media. And that goes for all of you right now standing in protests in front of the state capitals right now. You're just reinforcing the labels of gun nuts to everyone watching on the news who will connect you to the Capitol rioters. Okay, (laughs) that's what you've accomplished with your patriotic storming of the U.S. Capitol. Thank you very much. Now, let me say that this is just the beginning, folks. And I believe it's worse than even you might think. Now, it's, it's no surprise to you that we're the divided states of America right now. And I, and I truly hope that we can unite as a country to face very real common problems that we face as a nation. But I'm not hopeful in the short term. And short term, I believe that there's going to be more unrest, more separation of ideology prompted by both sides of the political aisle and the news media for everyone's own personal agendas to the easily swayed masses of single channel consumers out there. There's going to be more active shooters. There's going to be a crackdown of anyone with that, that you might, that might be considered having patriotic values as potential domestic terrorists. And that means you that are listening right now, I'm guessing, because this is something I've written about in our Death of Freedom report, where actual government documents give a full profile of who the enemy is. And that includes those who are anti-government, pro-gun, deeply deeply religious, and strongly believe in freedom. And those aren't my conspiracy theories. Those of you who know me out there, I'm a realist when it comes to the threats that we face. These are actual government documents from the Department of Homeland Security that, that, that you can read yourself, and I'll link to them in the show notes. 
But here's something that I found very interesting in a read this week, and it, and it supports my prediction that we are absolutely headed closer and closer toward an eventual societal collapse. The Guardian recently posted an article about how an insect scientist, an entomologist, Peter Turchin, who arguably predicted this growing unrest back in 2010 as a result of, I'm going to kind of summarize it here in layman's terms, right? But labor oversupply that feeds an overproduction of elite class leaders. And eventually this leads to financially overextended governments with a divided population where the center government loses its hold on society. Okay. Now, to back up his observations, he points out that we've seen this trend growing predictably in the last 30 to 40 years with rising levels of state debt. And by state, I mean states, as well as our rising level of debt as the state, the United States, and declining median wages. But more importantly, from societal leaders, even including celebrities and lawyers, but also power-hungry fat cat politicians on both sides of the aisle who will say and do anything to keep their social status, their power. You can go and look at all of our politicians. You can go back and look at what they said during whatever years before and what they say now. It doesn't matter. You can go on either side of the aisle. All right. Go back and look at some of the things they said about Trump in the beginning and what they said about him afterwards. Right. Go back and look and see what they've said about the Clintons in the beginning, what they said afterwards. Like people will say whatever they want to as a politician to keep their own skin alive. These are the elite class that they are the swamp. There's no draining the swamp. The swamp just got thicker. All it did was get thicker with a whole bunch of bullshit. All right. A little bit of a rant there. Um, but th- again, that doesn't, it doesn't matter what side you're on for this. And all of these people are going to do whatever they can to keep their status. One thing that has always been very clear when it comes to any time that there is, and I say this in relation to survival all the time, is that any time that you have a reduction in resources or even a perceived reduction in resources, whether that's food, water, or even power, that People are going to always look after themselves first. You can count on it. And it's going to continue to happen. And these aren't just the politicians, the celebrities. It's not just the 1% of the wealthy who are hoarding everything. It's the top 5, 10, or even 20% of those who are trying to climb their way up their social ladder by stepping on those beneath them. This is all according to this report, too. This is this is backed up by what we've seen over and over again. And I, th- I think we've all seen these same things when we look around us, right? Now, this process isn't new. In fact, it, it it's happened in roughly 50-year cycles since 1780, according to Tur- Turchin in his report here. And there's evidence to that in our history books. You can You can go ahead and look at it. But that also means that we're not through this yet. And I would argue things have been accelerated due to the massive debt that we're currently piling on with an out-of-control pandemic and the political divide that's getting wider and wider and wider. Now, I'm not saying that there are going to be zombies climbing out of the ground to chew your face off next week, and I'm not recommending that you you look for blueprints and how to transform your minivan into like some Mad Max mobile to go out in the dusty wasteland and survive with your family. 
All I'm saying is that there are some specific areas I feel that you need to prepare for to keep your family safe during tough and potentially dangerous times. One of the principles that I talk a lot about is the 50% rule. That I learned this the hard way with the natural disaster that I went through in my little Texas town that had a deadly flash flood carry 75 homes away in the middle of the night. And in that flood, the waters were about 50% higher than anyone in our town's history had ever experienced before. And so people weren't prepared for it. They just thought, well, you know, we've seen this come before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know there's going to be like, you know, the water's going to get high in the river. I get it. I get it. But we've been here before. I've had the water up to this level. I know where it's going to go. Well, it didn't. The waters came in 50% higher than the worst we've ever had in history. In fact, they considered it a 1,000-year flood. People died because of their failure to look at, at what can happen beyond what the worst has already been. Things can always get worse. And I use this same 50% rule that I talk about to predict your own threats at the beginning of the pandemic, when it was first predicted, I first predicted that that when, when they said that it was going to be as many as 200,000 deaths, I said, you got to apply the 50% rule. And so I said that it really means it could be 300,000 deaths for those of us who want to realistically prepare for worst case scenarios. Well, guess what? We're now at 400,000. You can debate that number if you want to. I don't really care. It's at least 300,000, right? But we're now at official numbers of 400,000 and climbing and climbing. So the same thing applies here. Take a look at the worst that you've seen in the news and increase it by 50%. That is what you should be dealing with in your preps to stay ahead of the curve. So with this beautiful rosy picture that I just painted for you, let me give you some ideas for some areas of preparedness that you may want to look at taking advantage of in the coming weeks and months as a result of the storming of the Capitol and as things unfold here. All right. So I have five things for you here. Number one is arm yourself for personal protection, not because you need to join a militia or you need to go out there and protest with your AR-15 walking up and down Main Street heading up to your state's capital. Arm yourself for personal protection. Now, there are potentially, the numbers that I've seen are 6 to 7 million new gun owners, new gun owners, like people that just bought a gun this year. There are more and more people out there that are buying guns because they're afraid of what they're seeing outside of their front door. That's a whole bunch of people there that right now there isn't even a lot of training going on because, well, because of COVID and the pandemic, there's not a lot of training happening like, like public training. A lot of, a lot of instructors are not able to, to give instruction or don't want to give instruction. They don't want to subject themselves possibly to, to getting sick. So we've got a whole bunch of people out there with guns and ammo that they literally scare the hell out of me. All right. So we have a whole bunch of people out there. Now you can see this in guns and ammo are going to, they're, they're already like jacked up in prices. Guns are about almost sometimes twice as much as the, what they normally would be at retail price. Ammo is hard to find. It has gotten super expensive. And we're going to continue to see this, these increases in prices as well. They always do during a democratic presidency because everyone's afraid of anti-gun legislation. So people start hoarding firearms and stockpiling ammunition. So first and foremost, you need to be safe. And if you don't have a self-protection weapon of some kind, there is no time like the present to start if you haven't already. Okay. So 
I get it that prices are high right now. Don't expect them to come down anytime soon, but you should consider arming yourself for personal protection because times are dangerous right now. And I think they're going to become more dangerous. All right. So put your money into, into arming yourself, preferably with a firearm. If not, find some other way to do it and then train with that as well. All right. Tip number two here is stay away from protests. I get it. You might be mad. I don't care which side of the aisle you're on. I don't, I, I don't care what your political views are. I don't care what your, what your views are at all. You might be outright mad right now. Like I said, we're getting more and more divided. But if things get out of control, it's easy for you to get swept up in the chaos and do things you wouldn't normally see yourself doing. It happens. It happened to people that were at the January 6th rally of, of Trump's pro, of, uh, Trump's rally that he had there. Okay. There were people that said, I just got swept up in it. It happens. That is monkey mind there. There will be rule of law eventually. I saw on TMZ that they posted a hundred pictures of people at the Capitol. A hundred pictures. They just like, they just took pictures from the, from the videos and everything. They just threw them up there. Like, here are some of the people that were out there. Assume everything that you're doing is recorded from CCTV to strangers with cell phones to ring doorbells. Don't think that you're invisible just because you're in a crowd. All right. The, those pictures are going up everywhere. Coworkers are turning their peers in. Ex-spouses are more than happy to turn their exes in. Even kids are turning their parents in. So you can get lumped into whatever happens at the place that you're at. Stay away from the protests. Even if you don't do anything, if your employer doesn't like what you, what you're doing, when you're on the news there and you're, everything has gotten more divided now. People's opinions have gotten more cemented. And so you could lose your job simply because somebody doesn't like your political views. They saw you on the news. So stay away from it. You're being recorded. Which brings me to tip number three, which is keep your mouth shut about your preps. So thanks to all of the capital fantasy tactical rioters decked out in body armor and zip ties and other tactical gear, we're about to take another trip back to the days of doomsday prepper whack jobs who give prepping a bad name, who give self-preparedness, self-reliance, and self-protection a bad name. If you think that you're doing your neighbors a favor by telling them about the great deal that you got on an AK-47 last week or your stockpile of MREs in the basement because you're better prepared than other people, all you're doing is setting yourself up for possibly being turned into the authorities as a potential enemy of the state, as a domestic terrorist, once they start hearing protesters on the news saying the same things that you just told them at the barbecue last weekend. So keep your preps to yourself from people that shouldn't be hearing about it. You don't want those people knowing about it anyway. If it's if it does come down to hard times and resources get low, then they're going to be the first ones knocking on your door. Hey, remember that uh those those MREs and that survival food you were you were talking about last week? Hey, you mind sharing some of that because the grocery store has been shut down and we were my my kids are kind of hungry. All right? Keep your preps to yourself. And that includes the rest of your family. If you if you think that they have loose lips, all right? Your kids can go spouting off to kids, other kids at the school who back, go back to their parents and talk about the doomsday prepper dad. Um, you know, you just, just keep your mouth shut 
with people that you shouldn't be talking to, okay? But this is where things get tricky, so I'm gonna go, I'm gonna jump in here because tip number four is to consider putting together your own survival team or mutual aid group, okay? There's strength in numbers, and a lone wolf strategy is not something that I ever suggest when it comes to personal protection. Even given that I just said, keep your mouth shut, right? But you don't want the wrong people on your team. There's a right way to choose the right people to join you in preparing for hard times. And it starts with listening closely to the reasons why someone might be bringing up topics related to self-reliance. That includes your neighbors. So if if you're hearing people talk about, gosh, things are getting really dangerous out there, um, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, going to the gun show and, and getting a gun. I don't know. I was never really all that into guns before, but, you know, maybe um, maybe it's time to get one. That is not your open doorway into thinking that this person is going to be your new survival team compadre. OK, if they said that they weren't in the guns before, but they're thinking about it now. Well, when all the fury dies down and they're no longer in believing in in protecting their family, like they're the only ones that can do it. If you spout, if you saw that as your opportunity to talk them into, well, you know, you're absolutely right. I've been saying this for years and I'm, I'm glad you're finally listening to me. You know, it's like, that's not your opportunity there to go ahead and dive in and give them a lesson on what gun they need to get and about all of your guns and everything. All right. But if you start listening to the reasons why people feel like, you know what, I think it's obvious no matter what side of politics people are on, like, Times are just getting tough. If they're talking about climate change, if they're talking about that, like when you start looking at the why, that's where you start to find what people's real motivations are. And if they're really serious about preparedness, if they really understand that the government is not going to be there to protect you, that they're not going to be the ones that are going to swoop in and be able to, you know, I mean, we don't, we don't want to be in food lines, right? So, those are the types of things that you need to listen to. Now, this is way too big of a topic to go into. We've done more than a few podcasts exactly on this topic. You can go check them out on our site. Um, and there's a great book by my friend Charlie Hogwood uh, called The Survival Group Handbook. And you can get that. Um, you can check out his bio on our website or over at warriorlife.com. If you click on the About Us up at the top or who we are, um, you'll find Charlie's uh, profile in there over to his website and his book, the survival group handbook is real. Like it's, it's pretty much just, it's the, um, to me, it's the definitive manual on, on what you need to look for and how to put together that group. All right. So go check that out as well. Um, number five in my tips here is if you live in a populated, more urban area, you really should start to look at possible plan B locations that you can travel to during any crisis. Now, this doesn't have to be an underground bunker in Idaho with mounted 50 caliber machine guns and turrets on your borders. It might just be a friend or relative that you've predetermined to be a good safe house to retreat to in the chance that something forces you and your family out of your home. That doesn't have to be protests that are happening in your area or riots that are happening. It could be a natural disaster, and you need to I mean, if you're forced to get out of out of Dodge, you need a safe place to be able to go to, no matter what threat you may face. And I can tell you, no matter what threat is out there, that one of the things that literally traps people in place and gets them killed is the inability to take fast, decisive action in the face of a threat. And one of the factors that I see trips people up all the time is the 
but I don't know where we should go decision. That needs to be planned right now. So you need to be looking at if I can't stay where I'm at right here, where do I go? Where do we go? Because you don't want to get in your vehicle and not know what that is or not get in your vehicle because you don't know where that is. Now is the time to think about where that is. You'll also find some podcast episodes that we've done specifically on that topic as well on our website. All right. But that final tip is that you really need to start looking at possible plan B locations because as things heat up, it is very possible that there are going to be more demonstrations around the country. I mean, as it is, things are, like I said, we're getting more and more divided and you need to be very careful about what might be coming through in the way of taking away our liberties, our freedoms, and what could be happening, even potentially unrest-wise, even in areas that you would normally consider safe. And this is especially in more of the urban populations and in the suburbs, but it really can be anywhere. So you need to look at what is your plan B. And this applies, again, to natural disasters and other things that really could cause you to have to be forced out of your home, all right? Okay, so these are a handful of tips for what you should be thinking about right now. But now I want to hear from you. Again, our site is not the place for you to voice your political views. It's about sharing real advice on how to protect yourself and those you love during a crisis. So I'd like to hear what you're currently doing to stay safe, self-reliant, and self-protected in light of the current state of affairs and what you see coming on down the road. All right, so please go ahead and leave your comments for us and our audience over on our podcast page on our website over at www.warriorlifepodcast.com. That'll take you over to the podcast section of our website. And until our next broadcast, this is Jeff Anderson saying prepare, train, and survive. Thanks, everyone. You've been listening to the Warrior Life Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us spread the mission of self-reliance and self-protection when you rate us. And leave us a comment wherever you enjoy these podcasts. And don't forget to check out our posts and videos on our social media channels. You'll see a full directory when you visit our website at www.warriorlife.com. We'll see you next time. This has been the Warrior Life Podcast. Prepare. Train. Survive.